Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we're speaking with Gabriella Markov. She is a recent graduate of Korowa Anglican Girls School and she agreed to be interviewed about her VCE drama solo piece, Elizabeth Houtman. Gabriella recently presented at the VCE Top Class Performance and we're keen to talk with her about how she developed her work and any tips she might have for students attempting the task this year. Without any further ado, I bring you Gabriella. Hello and welcome Gabriella. Really happy to be here, so thank you so much. Can you talk us through the solo stimulus? My solo stimulus was Structure 9, which was Elizabeth Houtman, and it was based on the entire life and career of Elizabeth Houtman. Uh, what we needed to do was uh, create a solo uh, with the basis of after the death of Bertolt Brecht, so we're in 1956, Elizabeth Houtman confronts his widow, whose name was Helena Weigel, uh, in a rehearsal room at the Berliner Ensemble, and that was the ensemble that she and Brecht and Helena created to show their works. And Elizabeth demands both the royalties and acknowledgement for her work as the true playwright of the Thrapani Opera that uh, Bertolt Brecht got full credit for. I think she got her name in a tiny bit at the beginning. Um, and so uh, you need to, I needed to do this by recreating moments from her working life with Brecht uh, and creating examples of the challenges that she and other German artists faced after Hitler rose to power and also needed to create highlights from her new as yet unseen epic theatre production about women who will achieve recognition and success in the arts. And this needed to be non-naturalistic with aspects of epic theatre, because of course that was the Brechtian style. Uh, my convention was song and the dramatic element was conflict. What made you particularly interested in this solo? One of my favourite things about it was the need to have the use of song. Um, Personally, I really love singing and music has been a really big part of my life. And um, I thought that was really interesting, of course, because in a lot of the Brechtian works, there there are songs. There's quite a bit of music, particularly in the Thrapani Opera. Uh, I really like that, that aspect of it. But also, uh, my class studied Brecht quite intently in VCE drama units one, two and three, four, uh, because he was uh, a non-naturalistic practitioner, which is part of the... Uh, the curriculum and so I thought it was really interesting that part of him was uh, in one of the stimuli and um, I had never heard of Elizabeth which is crazy she's such a big part of his life but when we studied him she almost never came up so I thought that was that was really interesting and particularly I also really liked dot point two which was create examples of the challenges that she and other German artists faced after Hitler rose to power. Um, I love history and there were so many avenues to go down there because there were so many people, of course, uh, so many artists impacted by him. So I thought that was a really great thing to be able to research and go down. Can you tell us how you interpreted the stimulus? What angle did you take? So I know a lot of people did quite a broad kind of look at feminism. I focused it quite personally on Elizabeth for quite a long time. Uh, and so I used a, quite a mixture of realistic acting uh, to create pathos for Elizabeth and to bring that feminism and unfair treatment of women uh, it, into the piece for her. And then as I extended it into feminism uh, in a more broad sense, um, I brought in a, a satirical condemnation of 
uh, of the Nazi party and of Adolf, Adolf Hitler. So, and doing that, I used exaggerated caricature and cabaret. So that was bringing in the use of song to mock and ridicule uh, them and their propaganda. Uh, and then I, I took it into the future and kind of went, what about now? How are we, how is feminism now? And I had a placard that read in 2017, 4% uh, of women uh, in, uh, I think that was in Australia, are CEOs. Uh, and 89% of women are in uh, modernist nude art. So looking at that, at that feminist point of view now. What happened in the research phase? The research phase was really important for me. I did a lot of research. I started with the reference material because you're given, uh, you're given things right there that they want you to look at. So I started with those. Uh, and then uh, that was a lot about Elizabeth, um, a very broad sense of her life and some of the works that she did. So then I moved more into Brecht and Helena, found out a bit about them, uh, and then focused in on Elizabeth and found out as much as I could about her personality, what sort of person she had been, um, and then found some things that she had personally claimed was, your, was her own work. Uh, for example, there was a prologue in the play De Muta, and I found a little piece that said that she had personally claimed that she wrote that. And that was uh, quite well known in the time, that prologue. It was using a direct address. It was, uh, it was quite famous, thought to be a real piece of genius. And of course, Brecht got all that, uh, he got all that recognition uh, for that little bit. And then I started looking at the Thrupney Opera because that was part of the stem, so it was clearly quite important. And I watched a, a little bit of that and read the play. And so I used that for stem and dot point one. And then for dot point two, I was looking at, sorry, the phone's ringing, so I'm just gonna pause for a second. There we go, done. Um, for dot point two, I was looking up some playwrights and composers, some artists that were challenged uh, when Hitler rose to power, but I found I was really drawn to the Degenerate Art Exhibition, which was, there was a really specific uh, type of uh, paint, painting and art that was good, that Hitler thought was correct for art, and all the rest of it was termed degenerate, and they actually put on a big exhibition um, and displayed these works saying, oh, fax machine going off, sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna... uh, there was a big exhibition and they displayed the works that were considered degenerate to tell people that you cannot do this. This is, that's not okay. And I was, I thought that would be really great to use that in a non-naturalistic sense. So I actually became a couple of the paintings in my performance. So I was researching that. That was for dot point two. Um, for dot point three, um, I was looking at how could I, what sort of production uh, would Elizabeth create? And I needed to bring in use of song. So I was, I was looking at how could she have written something that included song? And I found that cabaret was a really big influence for Brecht and for Elizabeth. And that was a use of song. So I started researching cabaret uh, and of uh, the the art in general and then looked at the movie cabaret with joel gray and there was a stage play created of it with alan cummings and i um i delved quite deeply into that 
And then lastly, I was researching epic theatre because that was my style, so clearly really important, um, and began kind of forming ideas and uh, that I could use. I began uh, trying to imagine ways that I could use this information on epic theatre, the fact that it has to be didactic uh, and that uh, it's not meant to be for entertainment. There's meant to be a message in it. You need to keep your character often at hands, uh, arm's length, is what Brach used to say. Um, how I could use that in performance. And then, so through this research phase, I was forming ideas and possible scenes uh, as to how I could write my solo. What did you do to develop your work? So I actually went through every single playmaking technique. Uh, VCAR provides a whole lot of those definitions and I used every single one of them. There's seven of them. Uh, I, of course, started with research and then went to scripting and editing. I actually ended up writing uh, 20 drafts of my solo because I just kept working through it. Um, and seeing, while I was scripting and editing, I was using improvisation to see what worked and what didn't work, why. I worked with my teacher quite a bit. He had some ideas that he could bring up or things that he went, oh, that really, that really needs to change. That scene isn't working. Uh, and... I got quite stuck for a while on my use of song and how I could weave that into the whole performance. And that's when I used brainstorming to try and line up my use of song with dot point one and dot point three. So they parallel. Uh, and then of course, a lot of rehearsal and just uh, practicing as much as I could whenever I could uh, and refining. Uh, so everything was really polished. Those transitions were, were as crisp as they could possibly be, especially with that use of prop often use prop to transition. And I made sure that I showed people in my class and also people that didn't do drama at all. Uh, I showed them my solo all the time as I was creating it because often you get stuck and especially your classmates, they have some great ideas about there was a time I was going, I just don't know how to transition from this bit to the next. And, uh, and a friend that I was showing had this fantastic idea. So, uh, and I actually used that in my final performance. I bounced off other people all the time and, uh, and worked really hard to get, that, uh, to get the solo up to where it needed to be. How did you go about introducing stagecraft, sound, props or costume? So I did have a backing track that I used for mine, uh, sound, and I used the program Audacity for that. I did have a friend that used sound for the entirety of her piece. So she had a bit of music for every single scene. I didn't do that. I just wanted to use the music to enhance little bits of my performance to put emphasis on it. So of course, whenever I had a bit of cabaret or a bit of song, I would have backing music behind that, which I think uh, kind of enhanced the experience of being in a cabaret performance. Uh, when I wanted to increase the drama, uh, in in the solo, for example, there was a bit where there were soldiers invading. Uh, they were coming in. Let me start that one again. Um, there was a bit where soldiers knocked down the door of the Berliner Ensemble and they were, no, it wasn't the ensemble. Sorry, I'm just going to get my, what am I trying to say? The theater. Okay, there was a part where soldiers came and knocked down the door of the theatre where Helena was performing, uh, one of Brecht's works, and I had uh, soldiers marching and I, that sound, the volume increased louder and louder and louder to increase that tension. 
Uh, and so I was just playing with the sound all the time, finding the timing that I needed. If it was coming in too soon, every time I did it, I would move the sound back a little bit. Of course, you can't go over seven minutes. So actually I used the sound to keep me on time. So I knew I wouldn't go over time. That was really handy. Costume, uh, I tried to use in a real satirical nature. Um, so I had at first, really kind of realistic, authentic, what Elizabeth would have worn in East Berlin, which is where she lived in, in 1956, was just a plain beige trench coat uh, and black pants to bring in that kind of uh, Nazi soldier uh, part I wore I wore um, soldier boots, boots that looked like they would have been worn by a soldier. And then halfway through the performance, uh, when I'm in the cabaret bringing in uh, the Nazi party and Adolf Hitler and what they're doing is they're making fun of Hitler uh, in, a, in a condemning way by bringing him on stage and he does the can-can. So in that bit I took off my trench coat and underneath there was a sparkling corset. It was a rainbow corset uh, and I actually went to the costume shop. There was a costume shop near me to get some of those bits. My costume came from lots of different places and I brought in as much as I could whilst still it being clear that my main character was Elizabeth. And finally, prop. I trialled a whole lot of different props. I was trying to find one that could be symbolic and I was really struggling. And then my teacher reminded me, you know, Gabriella, you don't just have to have one prop, you can have multiple. So uh, I had a sparkly hat and a gold-topped cane for when I was doing the cabaret work. And I decided uh, an aspect of epic theatre was to use placards. They did that a lot in Brechtian theatre. So I had placards and because epic theatre needs to be didactic, I, um, I used them as blackboards. So I had blackboard paint that I sprayed on them and uh, wrote in chalk uh, and used that. And then I had an easel and that's where I placed my placards so that they were easy to uh, take as often as I wanted them. They weren't just lying on the floor. And I used that easel to symbolise because uh, easels are used for unfinished artwork before they're on display. It symbolised Elizabeth's unfinished masterpiece and the inequality, the unfinished work towards equality between men and women. Brought feminism in there. What tips do you have for the next group of solo creators? Biggest tips would be you need to choose a character that you can love because you're going to have to work with this character for months and play in performance. And if you end up hating them it's really difficult to keep going you also need to work to your strengths so now when you create your solo is not the time to wonder maybe if i can do a comedy piece i wonder how i'd go with comedy if you know that what you're best at is serious it's not always the comedic pieces that do really well you go with serious if you know you're great at comedy great do one that leans more to a comedic side and make sure you enjoy it. You won't enjoy all of it because that's not how VCE works, unfortunately. But drama was my favourite subject all year. Uh, so find the love and work through the struggle and come out the other side and you'll feel awesome because you've created a masterpiece. You haven't answered questions in an exam. Your exam is your creation. And that would be my suggestion. Thank you for your time, Gabriella Markov. Not at all. Thank you very much for having me. 
that's all from us at The Aside. We have a range of episodes in the bank, so feel free to go through those and find one that grabs your attention. If you would like to contact us, please do so at asidepodcast at outlook.com where you can ask us a question or give us some feedback. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here and to Aaron Searle for providing the music. And thank you for listening. Thank you.